How is it going, everyone? Hope your day is going great. I welcome you to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we get into today's episode, I had a quick question for you. If you're listening, have you ever been an investor anywhere? Have you ever put money into an entity to and with an expectation of a return? Hmm? Some of you, not all of you. Well, now is your chance. You can be an angel investor in Forward Thinking Founders. The podcast. And no, you don't got to be an accredited investor. All you need is $10 a month or $100 a year. Now, what does this get you? What's your ROI? Well, it gets you a ton. First of all, you don't have to listen to me pitch you this every single episode. So you bypass all ads and all future sponsorships. You get premium content as you get the full episode of every single episode that comes out, as many of them are kind of blocked halfway through. You get access to our online community where you get to see access to the episodes sometimes days before or weeks before they hit the uh, before they hit the internet. And lastly, you get access to our in-person meetups, which we are having the first one in San Francisco in late January. So if all of that sounds groovy and you want to help out a fellow creator, which is me, and help me kind of invest into this podcast to make it better, then please become an angel investor in forward-thinking founders. How do you do it? You can find our terms and our, our sheet and all of our documentation at glow.fm slash F20R. That's glow.fm slash F20R is best done on mobile and i look forward to having you as a supporter now let's get into today's episode run it all right how is it going everyone welcome to another episode of forward thinking founders where we're talking to founders about their companies their visions for the future and how the two collide Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Mark Burrell, the creator of Weldon. Mark, welcome to the show. How is it going? How are you doing, Matt? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. I'm feeling abnormally energized, but not too energized. So I'm just like in this good place for an awesome conversation. Fantastic. <laughs> I, like, I like the energy already. Yeah, well, sometimes I have a coffee right before an interview, and I'm a little, like, a little too caffeinated, and it's a little, it's a little wild, but now I feel just, I feel calm, but energetic, which is good. But this interview, this podcast is not about my energy levels, it's about you and what you are working on. So let's kind of dive right into what are you working on with Weldon? Um, on a side note, I actually think that energy level in, in a startup is probably a, uh, could, could be an hour long podcast that you could, uh, you could probably give a lot of advice and counsel on, but, um, yeah, so, so my business is, is Weldon and, uh, we're, you know, what I like about this business is it's relatively simple in what we're trying to do. We're, we're helping and supporting parents, uh, by connecting them via a platform with a network of child development professionals. Um, I'd started it with my sister, uh, who's my co-founder and she's been a school psychologist for the better part of 20 years. Uh, and it was incubated inside of human ventures, which is a startup studio here in New York. Okay. So let's talk about the types of people who would get use out of, out of Weldon. Is this for newer parents? Is it for older parents? Is it for anyone that that can call themselves a parent i mean who is it kind of a, uniquely targeted to um as someone who might be a parent one day <laughs> yeah no absolutely i think um 
you know, there, there's this concept of founder market fit or, or probably a, solving a problem that's, that's personal to you. So, you know, the, the origin story here is, is how I came to the business. So I had a business before that was um, a, a platform, right? Which we'll get into like connecting a community of creatives with businesses. So I, I was always kind of obsessed with the idea of marketplace businesses, communities, and uh, your life changes when you have kids. And uh, I was no exception to the rule. So my wife and I were living in New York City, down, down in Tribeca, uh, which is an interesting place to observe human behavior. And we would always find ourselves in these environments where you kind of know what to do, um, but you're presented with these moments, some more stressful than others, where you're not entirely sure. So we, in going down deep rabbit holes online, trying to do all of the research right before uh, and after we had kids, we realized that you know, there really isn't any playbook, right, for having children. Most people are, are generally confident in what they're doing, but you always want to be the best parent that you can, right? It, it's the highest order in, in terms of your priorities. And uh, it was really beneficial for us to have my sister in, in our lives, who's been a school psych, and, um, and very good, not just in giving evidence-based practices and advice and theories, but also just providing reassurance and guidance. And, um, that was of extreme value to us. Our aha and insight was when my, my wife had joined uh, and like one of these all-powerful mom groups, which I'm pretty convinced rules the universe, uh, and like 30,000 moms offline and, and all kind of supporting one another, which is amazing and great. And uh, her phone one day was just blowing up and uh, I, I was asking my wife what was going on. And it was all of these moms going through very similar situations, some much more stressful than, than our own. And uh, we said to ourselves, wow, so A, we're not alone. B is there's a whole variety of challenges and issues that all parents are going through. And, um, you know, having the knowledge base that, that my sister has had being in the field for so many years, right? I think she's just seen this range of issues and, and her colleagues have been able to triage and help parents regardless of where they are. So we're really focused on, you know, the, the larger swath of parents. You know, I, for, for my money, m most parents at some point along the journey uh, and their kids will be presented with challenges and issues where they could benefit from guidance and support. Um, so that that's the business that we're trying to build. All right. So I have a potentially obscure question, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's just I'm trying to better understand um, day to day how this would work. So I'm going to present you with two scenarios of uh, of a parent that a parent might go through, and like I'm just curious: is are these the ways that they would use Baldwin, et cetera? So okay, so I am a parent with my beautiful girlfriend, maybe then you know more than girlfriend Madeline, and uh, I you know we have a kid, and they're a couple of months old, and they poop all over the floor. Hypothetically, I mean, like we we never experienced that before. Uh, so that's one scenario. Next scenario is that kid grows up, you know, to be in fifth grade, and let's say they are like a, a bully in school. Hypothetically, or they pushed a kid, and like we don't know how to deal with that. Is Weldon a place where, like, when these unique situations come up, we can like get almost counsel, like a general counsel, but for our kid, um, or how, yeah, like those are two scenarios. How would we use Weldon in, in that situation? Yeah. Uh, the first point that's worth mentioning is pretty funny is every uh, male who I talk to who's not a father in trying to conceptualize the potential use cases always goes to a child pooping on the floor. <laughs> um, 
that must really be weighing on on men of the world in terms of what might happen when they have a child. But I can tell you, it's it's a little more complex than that. Um, we're sure, really I'm focused sure. on social and emotional learning, but there's um, you know, there's developmental milestones and ages and stages, right, for for kids uh, that parents are are made aware of, right, but not entirely sure of what to do uh, when, when they present themselves. So issues ranging from Yes, you know, sleep, potty training, uh, that, that type of stuff, but also um, all the stuff around, like I said, social and emotional learning. So bullying, screen time, academic readiness, grief and anxiety, right? Some early stage sensory issues, uh, socialization, right? Tantrums that are going down. There's literally when we were thinking about the potential use cases, right? In crowdsourcing with our providers who we've onboarded into the platform, in less than a couple hours, we came up with 300. Um, the important thing to know is like we're, we're, there's probably this scale which we call acute to aspirational. You know, the, the whole thing with a startup is it's sometimes easier to sell a painkiller than a vitamin. So every parent, when you ask what their priorities are, it, it's about I want to raise a kind, resilient, empathetic, growth-minded soul, right? These aren't things that you think about on a daily basis, but these are absolutely skills that can be taught and instilled within your child, right? So that's where we, that's the mission and where we want to go as a business. But we know that in the wild, right, in those moments of acute challenges or pain, right, if we can be a convenient and fast solution and provide a little bit of, um, you know, not, not just wisdom, but quiet, like be quiet to the storm. So one of the observations and insights we've had in talking to all of the parents is that when they're presented with these scenarios and situations, they, they want to find answers and solutions. Um, and I think, you know, where we are as a society, this isn't just for, for, uh, for parenting. It's such that there's such an overwhelming amount of noise um, and a trust deficiency in terms of who to believe, right? You're one click away from counselor advice that's antithetical to what you just read. Um, the idea of being able to cut to the chase, get to a protected and trusted environment and talk to somebody who has you know, not just PhD and master's level experience, but like has been triaging and, and working in a, in a, in the field and school with parents, teachers, and children for the better part of 10 years. Right. That's, that's something that we think is true differentiated value. Yeah, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, it makes me realize how powerful, you know, this company is because I mean, I, as you you know pointed out and I will fully agree with, like, I know nothing what it's like to be a dad. And yeah, as I said, hopefully one day I, I I will. But when I'm in that position, you know, there isn't really like a playbook of great. Here's exactly how it works. You know, this is the algorithm to be. You know, it's it's, it's messy and whatnot, and we could use some help. Well, do you, do you ever think on that, Matt? Not to t take over the, the no, you're the good. Interview podcast, but um, in terms of you know your friends, right, or, or your colleagues, right? There's behavioral patterns, right, or specific idiosyncrasies or mannerisms of, of every human being who you interact, right? You're, you're a pretty introspective, open-minded guy, so I think you're probably aware of them, but most of that comes from some learned behavior mm. that happens when you're a child or is instilled in you through your parents. So I, I think, like, we're really trying to get at the root of, of a larger issue, right, and if if you want your child to be a certain way, you know that's the that's the starting point. We can help you there. But there's also, I think, this underlying you know self care and, and need for parents where they're not entirely sure. Your worst fear when you become a parent is like, am I doing the right thing? 
like, is my child going to be okay? Am, am I raising like a good soul or is, is he acting like an idiot? And when he does, like, what do I do? So to be there and to be a resource in those moments is what we're aspiring to be. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's, this is a very, of all the founders that I've met and talked to and seen like, I feel like this is like one of the, the more or most unique kind of startups tackling such a big problem, right? Uh, and, and I mean, I don't even know, well, actually, would you call it a, a problem or would you say it's just, some, it's an optimization or what would you call like the, if there was a problem and obviously there's something here, what would you say it is? Um, Cause it's such like a big, such a big category. <laughs> it, it's so funny that you say that. And I think your, your, your audience and you are probably very familiar with like really breaking down the problem to its simplest form. Like what is the job that jobs to be done? Right. And uh, in, in this case, and human ventures was an amazing colleague, right. And going through the like, whole business design process and, and really laying it out on a whiteboard interrogating all of our assumptions. But um, for me, parenting is the thing right there's like that's that's not uh, that's that's pretty human it's hard to break it down further than that it's been around <laughs> for a long period of time right and it's it's been challenging for a long period of time that's that's the problem in itself um there's a whole scale there in terms of what that might mean it's relatively complex because it's humans dealing with other humans but uh yeah there's there's moments along that journey that again are like the aspirational stuff of who you want to be as a parent and the person that you want your child to be but there's also like in the moment these challenges and problems and how to deal with them so i think that that's not an easy problem to solve but it's it's a a worthwhile problem and one if we solve that i think we we can um we can be around for a long period of time and one of the moms said look you do this right and you earn trust you'll be in a parent in a parent's life from when their kids are ages one to 18. um and, and one other thing worth mentioning is i think when we first started this, maybe we thought we were, you know, fixing broken souls for, for a lack of better term and, and really trying to find people who are at a loss. I think there is that cohort of folks who are looking for alternatives, maybe living in an isolated environment and, and just need somebody to talk to. But I've been pleasantly surprised by the fact that there's a whole other cohort of parents, you know, mo mostly moms we're talking about who are doing 80% of the right things, are growth minded optimizers, and are looking to up their game. You know, you think about every other aspect of your life, specifically as a parent, whether it's academia, um, sports, achievement, workshops, classes, like there's, there's curriculums to help you get from A to B. I can't tell you how many parents think their child's going to be Serena Williams or, or, you know, Tiger Woods. And then once they think that they might be, they, they are willing to shell out a lot of dollars. But when they find or think about their child being a kind and empathetic soul, they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. And it's like, I think there are some things that we can do as a society and hopefully us as a business to help you get from A to B. Because if, if I want to be sure of anything, it, it's more sure of that, right? Yeah, that makes total sense. And it actually <laughs> leads me to ask a question. I don't believe I've ever asked before, uh, but... You know, I, I, as mentioned, you know, not a dad now might be in the next five to 10 years. Um, and I'm just kind of curious for general, uh, if you're open to it, I'm sure like in all this yeah, sure. is often probably on your, on your product, but what like is some solid, uh, just general advice for new parents that isn't the kind of the standard, 
like actually I don't even know what the standard advice is. I don't look, I don't even look into this ever cause that's not on my radar yet. I'm just, I'd love to hear cause you seem like a very like knowledgeable person in the, in this topic. What's like some advice that you think a new parent would want to hear or a future parent should hear going into parent. Yeah. I, it's funny. There's a whole wave right now, um, which, which is interesting. And I think I agree with, which is to stop over parenting, right? I'm sure you've heard the term, um, snowplow parent right or helicopter parent and you know there's a, a lot of stuff that is in the zeitgeist that i, I think if you're a non-parent you're aware of of like you know the the workforce in colleges right doing a woeful job of preparing children for like failure so in a lot of cases right the general counsel and advice for parents is like to let some of the stuff go right to not give people hard rules and parameters to play in. So like if we're as a society trying to open up our minds, right. To give people more creative expression, don't draw things out in black and white, you know, ask your child, what if, right. Allow them to explore and discover things on their own. Um, and those, all those little things, right. Are the things that I think start to open up their imagination and prepare them better for life. So that that's an, a new trend. There's a term called free range kids, that's actually out there, which is pretty funny, but it's like there's there's movements within communities to literally take a stand on this stuff because there's so much over scheduling. And I think that's a function in a lot of cases, you don't want to blame everything on social media, but, you know, where we are is such that, you know, the stakes seem to have risen, uh, or at least for parents, right? They believe in a lot of cases that their child is like an extension of them and their product in some respects that they need to optimize in every way, shape and form. And I think there are all good intentions with like scheduling them at every moment, right. To try and improve. But in some cases you're not allowing your kids, right. To have breathing room to find themselves, right. To fail, to open up their imagination. So a lot of the movement and advice and counsel from these professionals is like, let's call a timeout on some of this stuff and let's like ask ourselves, why is this happening? Right. Before you just like react in the moment, it's really like, it's, it's a lot of parents have called this like mindfulness for parenting. You know, I, I think that's happening in other places within society, but you're probably seeing the same trend here within parenting. It's so funny. You mentioned that because I recently got a job about a, about a month and a half ago at a company called Prenda. And at Prenda, I talk to, uh, I talk to parents all day. I do growth for Prenda. Prenda is a, it's a micro school system based in Arizona. And I just talk to parents a lot about education. And there are, you know, a lot of people that I talk to that kind of really see what's happening. They're paying attention. They're like, I, I want to kind of, kind of what you're saying, give my kid more free reign, let them be more exploratory, you know, and that's what Prenda allows. But then there's some parents I talk to that are like, so, 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 so anti the free range, the exploratory, the creates. And I'm just like, okay, that, that's totally cool. Um, but it's just, I see the, I see what you're talking about from my perspective, talking to a lot of parents that are looking to put their kids in school. Yeah, I mean, the, the other interesting part of the dynamic is, um, you know, and, and I should say, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, I, I, I'm not the expert, right? So I'm coming at this very much with a, a beginner's mind and not claiming to like, I, I'm certainly not the one to cast any judgment or claim expertise. Um, what I'm encouraged and, and why really I'm doing this is I think there's an untapped community, right, who's 
underpaid, overworked, right, and deserves to have a, a platform, right, all these child development professionals. And they're the heroes within the community. I call them the influencers, right, who are actually influential. They're just not in the business of building out storefronts and taking selfies. But they understand, like, where the breakdowns within the systems are, and specifically within, within the schools, right, who I, I think are slightly overwhelmed, right, because of things like technology in terms of what to do and how to handle things. And uh, I, I think they, they have reams of evidence-based data, right, that because they're all clinically trained on, you know, what works and what doesn't. And it's backed, you know, backed by science. A lot of co companies or businesses say that and you roll your eyes. In this case, it's like it, it actually does work and make sense. They have it and they're able to, like, deliver it in a digestible and accessible way right? Because I, I think it was important for us to not build an ecosystem that's academics preaching in an ivory tower about a right and a wrong way. Um, they're, they're very good at saying, look, this is the theory and the evidence, right? This is what we see. And, and I think they recognize that people all learn in very different ways. So figuring out how to be adaptable and give you information in a way that works for you is part of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, it's one of these things where you you mentioned, you know, just before you started that answer that you're not the expert. You're 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 taking a beginner's mindset, but I feel like anyone who claims that they're the expert in parenting is like almost already behind it uh, because, right. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know, and and of course in every industry there is. Uh, you know, I, I only know kind of the marketing tech startup, that stuff, but there's always like the gurus and, and like, oh, I know how it worked and et cetera. And I always find that like the people that, that, that pretend like, or come off like they know it the most, um, it's really actually the, the, the beginner's minds and the people that already know so much, but, but still ask questions. Those are the people I like to, like to talk to. Um, I feel like it's a lot of people yeah. I attract to the, uh, the, to the podcast, people that are really good, but like won't actually say that they're really good even though they are which is kind of this interesting dynamic of learning for everyone on listening well i also think you know a, a lot of life right not just business is is like status right and if ego gets in the way it, it wreaks all kinds of problems but uh, i think here we actually played around like often with the nomenclature of what the how to address the providers right are they the expert are they the professionals is it chatting with a PhD, right? Is it a fellow mom who also happens to have this training? And we landed on coach. And I think it's no surprise you're seeing a lot of analogous platforms leverage that terminology um, because everybody in life could benefit from a coach in, in every field and discipline, right? So if and you expect your coach to have some experience, right? And knowledge in terms of what they are doing. But I think it also, it's, it's a good word in that it, it, it it connotates like an element of support and guidance as much as it does expertise. And um, I think that that's important. So the balance here is like, you know, you used to get counsel and advice from your, your aunt Pat, right? Uh, and we're, <laughs> I say that because I, I had a wonderful aunt Pat, but um, there's a generational, I think, divide now, which we're seeing like, it, it's, it's, it's like very apparent with younger parents, uh, you know, the millennial parents, it wouldn't be a conversation if I didn't say millennial, but, uh, and their own families, and then there's this whole other like groups and communities of your, your support groups, like right? your, your trust tribes, 
and your fellow moms, they're actually supporting a very different need, and we see them as entirely complementary. Um, but from what we've heard from uh, from moms specifically is they don't always look to their friends, right, to have, like, expertise or advice. In some cases, actually, in an online environment, like, a lot of parents or moms, like, they they don't they're not willing to be vulnerable in those environments or they find those environments to be folks casting judgment without it feeling personalized or having any empathy for what the individual is going through so again i think these are all reasons right why we're excited about this business but it's the, the more insights and user interviews you do the more you realize just how big the problem is so let's talk about the how big the problem is but more so how you, you you're looking to to fill it with a solution over time what i'm kind of alluding to is the vision uh you, yeah, you know sure. you, you you've gotten started on this you've you know you, you've come to a decent point but you i feel like most of the journey is still ahead of you right you're trying to build a you know something yeah. that solves a big problem so i'd love to hear you know in 10 years or 20 years, whatever timeline you want to paint, what's the big vision and kind of how big could this get and what will it look like, you know, when it gets there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we want to put an expert in, in the pockets of every single parent in, in, in the world, right? That's, that's kind of the, the mission and the vision. Um, where we started off was with one-to-one -one connections, right? It was for my money, having built a marketplace business before, right? There's always the chicken and the egg conundrum and supply is often difficult to aggregate. In this case, like that, my sister told me this and I believed her, but I also wanted to prove it that to recruit the providers would, wouldn't just be an overnight thing, but it ended up happening really quickly, which validated like the need from that end. Um, and it's been an amazing experience, right? To be able to talk to that group of folks. I think the idea over time is for some parents, right, there are one-to-one -one connections, but to build an ecosystem where we can leverage the collective intelligence of all of the providers um, to be a resource that you can access in a number of different ways, right? Things like I'm joining a community, right? There's text on demand support and a lifeline when and if I need it. There's personalized content curriculum classes and workshops for me. Um, there's anticipatory uh, elements, based upon the data that we're able to aggregate, where, you know, we, we solve a problem for you once, but then assuming we've earned our trust, which, which isn't easy to do, but I think we can do it. Um, we're able to stick with you, anticipate what's coming up next and start to like dive deeper, right? I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to therapy. My mom was a therapist, but the coaching and the therapy really begins, you know, not on the first session. It's kind of once that trust is established, Right. And then you can start to work on that larger aspirational stuff and build out curriculums, right, to be there and present in the parent's life for a long time. Um, and like I said, through product and technology, there's a lot of ways now to derive and deliver value. Uh, and the good news is it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Right. We've got a lot of that data and intelligence is out there. Um, there's a great line of like create what you're best at, curate the rest. I think there's a real opportunity here with um, an aggregated group of trusted providers, right, to leverage their experience and wisdom to curate the content um, versus needing to create everything, um, and then just present it to parents in a more digestible way. So I think we've got, you know, we've got big plans and aspirations. You're seeing, the last thing I'd say is you're seeing this offline, online um, kind of conundrum with businesses. So there's elements of community that we wanna build on the parents' behalf to be supportive of them. 
Uh, and there's all different types of needs and use cases that we haven't begun to address, you know, ranging from the basic everyday stuff to the higher order, like special needs and challenge stuff. So I, I think we've only just begun. Something that just popped up that I'm kind of intrigued to know, uh, an interesting dynamic where you're, you're building a product in a company for a end user and end customer that has like a big job in themselves, you know, parenting. And uh, um, I'm kind of wondering, um, does the fact that you are, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, venture backed, like, like investor backed, uh, does that conflict at all? Like the fact that you have to grow fast, but you also have this really kind of this end user that needs, you know, might need attention or might need high quality or I don't know, do, do, do those two elements um, kind of push away from each other or do they actually go hand in hand with trying to accomplish this big vision? Well, I'm, I'm inside of human venture, so we may have to clear the lines uh, to answer that question. No, I'm trying to show they, 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 I think, are taking the right approach on all of this, which is that uh, I think it actually lends itself to an opportunity, right? So I think startups, right, uh, can't do anything impactful if they die, right? So there's got to be elements of, of growth, right? And you, you wouldn't do this unless you thought you can have a significant, or I wouldn't do it unless we thought we can have a significant impact, right, and cast a really wide net. So I think the, the goal is to try and make a larger dent. Um, but I think there's a lot of tendency in these businesses where there's a complex human element to try and move towards scale and AI, right, and the easy button too fast. And uh, I, I am adamant right? And, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I don't think so. That I, I don't think parenting is going to be solved by AI, right? Anytime soon, right? It's higher order stuff where there's still an element of human understanding here. So I think it's augmenting the human, right, via the technology, but doing it in a disciplined and determined way. So I think, you know, we're in it for the long haul. We think we can build a really large business, right? That has positive unit economics, right? I'm, I'm not Adam or we work. I mean, we won't go there, but uh, I, there's definitely been a, a lot of rightful interrogation by investors about, you know, is this just a pie in the sky dream or is this a real business? So I, I am, you know, I haven't, I haven't done this before. Like I don't ignore that. Like I, I think all of that is impactful, right? You have to make money at some point. And it's funny, there's this weird dynamic between businesses that are just social impact and businesses that are for profit. And I, I think we're entering a place in society where there's, there's a way to do both with tech. So, I, I mean, that's what I'm hopeful about here. Uh, and, you know, I think that they always say the right investor is the investor that invests in you. And I, I think it's like finding product market fit with your investor. Uh, I think on this end, there's enough capital out there where it's it, not just taking capital from somebody who wants to see the home run overnight, but if you can hit the home run and make an impact at the same time, well, why not? You know, and that, that's, that's where we are. I feel like it's not even just a, a why not. I think it's a, it's a, it's just like so much better. I see so many companies that's right. that, that um, I don't want to put, I, I'm not trying to put down any companies because everyone has their own unique path and vision and problem to solve and, and good, you know, I, 
kind of good for them. But I definitely feel like there are a solid amount of mercenaries in the world who just see a business opportunity and just capture it simply for the for the business and not as many missionaries, you know, like you that are you got like, it. It's uh it's yes, the, ideally it's a good business outcome for everyone, but it's not just that, right? It's something else, it's something maybe a little bigger. Well, I, it's funny that you say that. So I, I have to bite my tongue sometimes. Um, and there's a classic response from a VC, which is, is this a nice or a need to have? And I always laugh at that. I'm like, what is a need to have, right? <laughs> Are most of the businesses they're investing in, like, you know, $500 mattresses, right, or delivered online? Was, was that a need to have, right? Or just like a margin high opportunity business? And I know, I think for us, it's like, if there's a recession, right, and, and the tide goes out and the robots take over, right, humans are still going to need to be, like, decent to one another and be parents. So, I, I mean, yes, we're in this VC land, right, and I think that there's a lot of benefits to being in this world, right, access to capital, understanding how to build dynamic products, right, and get it into as many hands as possible. But I, I'm excited about this business because it's, like, a very – root it's a very easy root problem and challenge to understand and i think that's where the best tech and solutions come from it's like what basic need are you solving for and uh on this one i don't have to say that right in an insincere way i can be intellectually honest about like if you want to be the best parent that you can you could benefit from help we think we can help you yeah, I, I love that so much. It's um, it's something that I'm now finding with. I mean, I wouldn't call this podcast a startup because it's like obviously not, but it like might turn into something. It is. Well, it it well, it's definitely it's gonna be something. It's just right now. Yeah. I, I I just came off of a. I would, I would argue a failed venture. So I'm just, so I'm working at Prenda, which is dope. I'm learning so much and I'm doing this podcast on the side. And at some point in the next year, I might turn this like, or two years or three years, you know, whatever. I might turn the podcast into something, but like, but it's interesting because when I'm in a place where I don't need to do something for, for the money, like my last startup, I needed to make it work because I needed to make it make money to eat. But now that I got Prenda, which is my day job, which is dope, I can do this and I'm really able to just like do what I love, which is like find people who are not found in other channels and show them to the world and kind of like help them get to the next step. And, I, and that's like one of these things where like if I was to start, you know, a startup around this, I would just do the same freaking thing. I love finding unknown yeah. people and, and showing them to the world. <laughs> I think you you found it, man. I, I wouldn't undersell yourself in any of that. That's not, I mean, you're like the Mark Marin for uh, early stage startups. I don't know if you know who that is, but he like he did like he did, has a podcast called uh, what what the fuck. You have to bleep that out do the editing. But uh, he's done all these interviews because he'd failed as a comedian, right? Which uh, is a different type of rite of passage. It's probably not something that you, you brag about like you do in the startup land. But he just went into a garage and started talking to people and he found that that's what he really liked. There was a real need. People connected with him um, because it, he was honest and enthusiastic about it. And you don't always have to immediately think about what the business opportunity is. I don't know if you listen to Seth Godin, like you, you, you would, uh, you're very philosophically aligned with, with what he preaches. I'm a big and, fan. Uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he says most of the right things. Um, and, and I think you going back to basics is a good place to start, man. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, speaking of kind of back to basics, um, you know, the world is. This is going to be an interesting transition. Let's let's give it a shot. So, so <laughs> yeah, the world, the world, you know, was kind of founded. Uh, uh, or not so much the world, but sapiens were founded by being social creatures. Uh, you know, we like the, what, what cha- differentiates us from Neanderthals is we, social connection and 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 stories yeah. tell and whatnot. And uh, you know that kind of creates back then communities, and communities have still been this thing that have existed in different ways all the way to today. And now it's even used in business. And I would love to just ask a couple of questions um, about community and how you've used community um, in your own company and how you kind of think other businesses or people could leverage community. So just high level, uh, to start high level in regards to community, um, how has that been for you, building a community? And uh, um, you know, why did you decide to take a community-centric approach uh, when, when starting this company or early, in the early days of the company? Yeah. So, um, it, it goes back in my, I, I started my career in creative development, storytelling in Hollywood. And, uh, uh, there's a joke that like Tom Cruise is the world's highest paid, like Uber driver, right? The whole Hollywood system is like the gig economy or the side hustle before those terms existed. And uh, so our business was recognizing like some of the loneliness, the isolation, but more importantly, like the lack of meritocracy and organization with all of the creative talent that was out there and figuring out a way. It was right when digital content, YouTube and stuff was exploding. So like, how can we bring people into an online environment, but not just do it in a way where it's like to be, I mean, we, we, we thought that if we were going to be exploitative, again, that's the wrong thing to do as a human being, but like people wouldn't stick around. They'd say, so how can we figure out the right incentives for them in that moment? Right. And build other elements of community to address what you just talked about, like the basic human needs. And we would find ourselves in really interesting environments. Like I spent a lot of time with, um, with HBS and MIT who was like ex- excited about crowdsourcing and, and, uh, and community and I, one of the professors there had always broken it down in the simplest form for me, which is that there's three motivating factors, right? A, a community or a plat, like if you're going to build a community through a platform, right, you have to add value in the middle of it. And when you think about the incentive structure, right, for those that you're bringing in, it can generally be one of three things, right? It, extrinsic, right? Are they coin motivated? Um, and that's dangerous if that's the only motivating factor, right? There's not a lot of loyalty, right, or self-governing that happens if that's why people are coming in, right? There's intrinsic, which for my money is the most valuable. And what I'm excited about here is like, it's a higher purpose or order as to what people are doing. They're fulfilling a basic human need or something that they were interested in. And then there's social motivation, right? It's uh, not not braggadocia, but the the idea of like, I'm part of a community where I can learn from others, but also get validation for what I'm doing. And I think for any good community, you have to figure out like the balance of all of those things, right? And what, what I've been excited, you know, so we did that for 10 years at my old comp- company, Tongle, and we were always paying attention to what the motivations of the creatives were. We knew that their aspirations were more than just getting a buck, right, through our platform and doing content. But like, how could we, like, how could they level up? How can we train them? How can we do offline events, right, to incentivize them? That was always the part that excited me the most. And here in this business, and and again, we're not alone. You're seeing a lot of uh, managed marketplace businesses 
start to bundle, right, resources and people that have either been in the shadows, right, on two ends, like from a, from the low end, right, and, it's, and they've been economically impoverished and they're now given opportunity, or from the super high but bureaucratic end. I've been in some licensed field, right, where, like academia, right, in this case, where I haven't necessarily been, like, in a, in a field that's been digitally disrupted. So in this case, there's so much wisdom and learning from these folks in, in an offline environment that I think the first thing we wanted to do was listen. I mean, some of the stuff is like very basic, like not make assumptions that we knew any better, right? Really start to unpack and understand like what was going on, where were the breakdowns, what would success look like to you? I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to all of the providers. They're probably annoyed hearing from me at this point. And I'm like, what else would you do? Would this work? And before kind of building out technology or products to automate anything, assure that it's a value for them, um, make sure that they're contributing to the process itself, right? I'm not the first person on your podcast, right, to talk about constant iterative feedback, right? But providing forums to do that on a continuous basis is something that, you know, I think is, is super important. We're still trying to do that, like, as much as we can without annoying people. Um, and then when and if you're going to introduce technology, right, make sure that it works. <laughs> I think, like, it's, everything's going to be a little broken, so it's, it's better sometimes to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission. But uh, make sure if it's not working that you're, you're holding up your end of the bargain, uh, fixing it and continuing to add value. So it's, it's a lot of like, I, I don't know if you've ever read the Danny Meyer book, Setting the Table. That, that's a great analogy because it's a lot like a restaurant. It's like, you know, be treat the the, uh, the the restaurateur, the the um, the customer with respect and kindness. Listen to them, right? They're they're not always right, but they're often right. And I think they just want people want to be validated and heard. So the same like principles I think apply to an online community. Um, and you sh you can't take anything for granted. I mean, the last thing I'd say is like it's not easy. They got a lot of like. Uh, they don't have a lot of time, right? Everyone's trying to like with all this weaponizing of attention, everyone's trying to steal their attention and take them somewhere else. So you, you a better be an honest broker, but you also, um, you better make true on your promise, right? And you better be something that's a value to them uh, in, in order to keep them around. And that's not something I think that's ever like done. It's something that's continues and, and will probably continue for the next 10 or 20 years if, if everything is going right on our own end. Something I want to kind of explore in what you just said is asking for feedback, uh, you know, but not asking for too much, but just pretty much like, Hey, would you do this? Would you like this? Except, you know, you know, just talk, talk, asking about that. Like how, well, I'll give you, I'll give you my situation. So I have, the, I have this podcast and I'm soon actually, it will have already been announced by this point, but tomorrow of, of this recording, I'm announcing a subscription kind of like angel investor tier for the podcast for people can, they can join the, a community, they can get, you know, premium content, you know, whatever. And, and uh, I am figuring out ways that I can make that as valuable as possible um, without like, bugging everyone every five seconds about what about this? What right. about this? What about this? What advice would you have to me or someone like in my position? And I'm sure there's plenty listening about just what's the framework for, um, for knowing what that gets is kind of goes to, goes to a product question, but how do I know what to build and how do I ask the right questions to, to give me kind of help me form the right path? 
Yeah, there's, um, I think simplicity is, is critical, right? I think, um, you and I are are pretty enthusiastic people, right? So there's so many questions you'd like to ask and so much information you you would like to get. But I I think in some cases, if you take the time to be your own self-editor or access another editor, um, you could probably ask some basic questions um, that get you some, to some pretty good places. And uh, I I don't know if you've heard the, um, the guy from superhuman just came out like his product market fit engine and those four questions. And, uh, I, I really responded to that. I think that that was great. And uh, specifically, like, each of those four questions then started to inform an element of your own business, right? Who your customer was, right? What your creative ideas would look like, what your product roadmap would start to look like. And, and the other part of that advice was ignore those that aren't interested, right? Because I think if if you're not adding value and somebody's like, giving you a five on the NPS scale right now, you know, live to fight another day. Hopefully they'll come back and get them into a drip where it's not super annoying. And then they're, they're, uh, they're railing against you on social media, but focus on those that, that really understand and get you and are, are uh, engaged with you. And I, I don't know, I, I think, um, in any of these businesses, you got to have a little bit of faith in people and, uh, and the, the right ones start to come out and start to engage. And it's just, uh, again, it's, it's it just, being a good person to them uh, and they'll do right by you. They'll give you advice. I feel like that's the best business strategy you can have. It just be a good person, do, do good things, yeah. be, be moral. And that, cause so many people, <laughs> you know, I feel like struggle with that. So if you're just a good person, you know, that is definitely a big element. Well, I have only have a couple more questions for you. We've been jamming for a good amount of time. I appreciate the enthusiastic conversation. Um, to, to have two questions. So the second to last one is what would you say over your time? It can be this company, but it could also be your whole career. Uh, what have been some of the, the biggest learnings you've had from working in tech and, and, and working, you know, working with this and, uh, uh, maybe some learnings that you didn't expect to get, but you got based on events happening, et cetera. Ooh, that's a good question. A great question. And, um, I had like my own version of 10 commandments that I tried to summarize. Like, in, <laughs> so I do love quotes and when people summarize things in very simple form, I, I think the biggest things for me were, uh, you know, ego gets in the way so often, so often. And it's like, you, you got to check it. And, uh, you, you can't have people in your company, right. Whose ego gets in the way of like a meritocracy, an idea meritocracy, right. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing I'd say is the, the biggest breakdown for my money in any company is when people don't do what they say they're going to do, right? So a clarity and accountability, right, which are, sound very basic, right, I think are the most in, important things, right, in, in any business. It's like you could put all these systems into place. You can have all of these ideas of rapid experimentation and we're going to you know, but I think you, you got to follow through is something that often doesn't happen. Um, and then I, I guess from a business standpoint, just, you know, don't tolerate jerks and, and be, be, uh, be a mensch, right? That's, I would say trying to aspire to be a mensch. Like I think going out of your way to be helpful for others, whether it's beneficial to you or not, right. Is just good practice or advice for my mentors or the people that I've looked up to, I think um, that's just been the way that they've lived their life, like personally and professionally. 
And uh, I think that that's good practice. And then actually one more that's come into mind is I would worked with a lot of enterprise companies and most of the fortune 100 in my old business. And um, there was a moment in time when everybody like was either reading Simon Sinek's power of why or starting to like, you know, become a little more introspective about what it is that they stood for. Right. If you were just shilling products with no other like benefit, like I think the customers, you know, credit to them got smart and woke up to saying like, you know, do I really want to be this company value aligned? And it took me a while to recognize it, but I think having like a purpose and a mission that you live by, um, which and live by is a critical word too. It's like, it's virtues, not values. Um, I think that that stuff matters as well, right? It just makes it easier to get up in the morning if the mission that you're going after uh, is something that you believe in, especially in an early stage of a startup when there's a lot of dark days and, uh, and moments where you're, having a version of functional schizophrenia, right? You're, you're focused on today, trying to think about the future. You, you better believe in what that future is. The, the last part of your answer sets us up perfectly for the last <laughs> question uh, of the podcast. And I'm going to have to ask you to go against the third point you mentioned. You said you like to be helpful. <laughs> you like to, to see how you can help. Well, we're doing the opposite. You get to make an ask of the Ford thinking founders community. If there's anything that you need help with as being a founder, you know, it, it's very hard. Sometimes it's lonely and you can use all the help you can get. So you got all these people listening. They know this question is coming. How can our community help you with anything that you're, that you're working on? Oh, that's amazing. I mean, if there's any members of your community that are parents, uh, they can, email me and uh and sign up and give us feedback and try out the service in the site if there are any uh folks who know professionals right in, in the child development field they can email me as well and then we're we're starting to run we're out right now on a cap raise uh we're building out the team tech operations and community uh service um or success i should say uh we're going to start ramping up more of our content and marketing efforts so, yeah, I need a lot of help. <laughs> I, I wouldn't claim that I don't. So, uh, and I, I'm uh, open-minded, hopefully, in, in, in all of this. So, I, I'm uh, open to people coming in. I could probably be more prescriptive of the ask and send that to you afterwards, but um, specifically the job specs and the roles. But, um, yeah, I think that the, the, I don't want to say the more the merrier, but uh, I'm not in any position where it's like I couldn't benefit from the help of others, not, not at all. So. I'll take where I'll take it wherever I can get and hopefully pay it back. All right. Well, you all heard it here first. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We went all over the place of content and I think <laughs> it's super, super valuable for the listeners also for me too. So I just appreciate you giving up your time and spending some time on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. And good luck to you, man. I love what you're doing and I'll support and advocate for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Boom. That is a wrap. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you did and you want to be an angel investor, feel free to learn more about that at glow.fm slash F20R. If you do want to support the podcast but, but might be in a financially tight position, you're not able to support, some other great ways you can, you can support and spread the word is one, share this with a friend or a family member you think would be really into this. Maybe a new parent, something like that. And also, feel free to give me a rating on iTunes. The more ratings I have, the better I do in discovery when people search for different topics. 
other than that, uh, you know, just I hope just keep listening, right? I love listeners and I love getting feedback on the podcast. With all that, I hope you have a great, great, I can't talk, a great rest of the day and I will see you tomorrow. Peace.